3: Visit livenation.com slash concertweek to learn more and plan your summer with Sean Paul, Sum 41, 30 Seconds to Mars, Owen oh, Two Door
2: Cinema Club.
4: What is up? Welcome to another edition of the NFL Fantasy Football Show. It's me, your man, M.G. Marcus Grant, fully vaccinated and dodging the Delta like Neo in the Matrix. Oh, my God. We've got another big show for you today as we continue our cavalcade of uh, fantasy stars throughout the offseason. Although the off is getting short. Uh, the regular season is uh, approaching very quickly. But uh, three guys with us today. Uh, If you've been playing fantasy football at all for any length of time, you know, these guys, Uh, they have done an excellent job. They have built something just amazing. It's great to have them. I love uh, watching them do their thing and interacting with them on social media. Uh, Individually, they are Andy Holloway, Jason Moore and Mike Wright. But you know them as the fantasy footballers. Fellas, appreciate you being here. Uh, I hear that it is humid in the desert, which is making my brain itch. How does that work?
5: (laughs) It's uh, it. Number one, thank you for having us on. Always, uh, always fun to, to to jump on with our good friend Marcus here. But it's it's monsoon season, which is that's mm. called uh,
6: the the rain pump fake.
5: Yeah, that's not, how it gets humid. <laughs> not everyone realizes in the in the desert it does rain, and this is it picks the hottest time of the year to actually do that. So it, it like I mean, the other day we were at a hundred plus degrees, fifty plus percent humidity. Oh. Arizona doing its best impression of florida and it's just miserable not a great time when you go outside and it's doing that yeah
4: oh that's awful yeah i know i i have friends who live you know out that way and i know i've heard about the rainstorms like the massive massive rainstorms um and so the boobs ha-boob, let's say what's worse the haboob or the rainstorms
6: <laughs> uh, we we have some people new to the valley here that work for us and they experienced their first haboob the other day and i think it was pretty
5: jarring for them which is a giant dust storm for people yeah, <laughs> if you don't know what we're talking about it's a really just funny word
7: try to remember the mummy yes yes uh, where the wall <laughs> of sand magically appears that's a real thing here in the desert
4: I know. It, it basically it is a dust storm, but I just it feel like it's much more fun to say the word haboob.
5: Yeah. So, In, yeah. and that was it that's new. To be to be fair. Yeah, only the last okay. few years like, have we been called it's been a dust storm out here for a while yeah, and now it's a haboob. We grew up, <laughs> we're actually native to Arizona. And this was I mean like the last 10 years I I, it, I didn't know what it was but now everyone calls it a haboob it was just a dust storm before it's just, just right. good, It's just good work by their PR team
4: you know absolutely so so shout out to the uh, shout out to the haboob folks <laughs> yeah big big, big haboob <laughs> <That's> <laughs> big right. shout out to the haboob folks uh for making this happen um so you know as i've as i've had guests on especially the last <laughs> few weeks i've sort of been asking people about their journeys within the, the fantasy industry and that sort of thing and so you guys um, you know, like a lot of like a lot of people who have broken into this kind of started off as hobbyists. I know you were doing the podcast just sort of you know, for a group of friends and it has turned into uh, what has, it has turned into. I mean, Andy, for you, when did you realize this was going to be more than just a hobby?
6: I think it was when we were refreshing download numbers in the middle of our real estate class because (laughs) Jason and I went to school. We had worked together for years at a game design studio that he ran and owned, and we decided, hey, let's get into real estate. We'll do this podcast thing. Who knows? Maybe we'll make a few bucks on the side, and we're sitting there in the middle of class. We should have been paying attention to some... Uh, arizona state real estate law thing or something and we're just refreshing numbers going like what is happening people are listening to this show and then at that point we're like well we've got to give it everything we got we got to give it full-time 100 convinced convinced all of the wives to be gracious to us and give us that time and um, so we jumped in full bore and and have ridden the wave for the
4: last six years. I was going to say, Jason, what, what was it like convincing the wife, convincing the family? Hey, you know what? We're going to stop all this other stuff. We're just going to talk about fantasy football for a living.
7: You know, we we are really blessed to have great wives. It was there was no convincing necessary. Um, I, I You know, I could speak for myself she has always been a great believer in uh in me and so it was just like let's let's go let's do it no convincing and so i w- would recommend if if you're out there and you're like i want to start this how do i i would get a wife like mine i think that's really <laughs> important get a great wife who will support you but not you. yours not mine no she's, ta- <laughs> she's taken um so yeah i would i would go ahead and find a great wife uh, to help you along the road you
5: just called you a seat
4: (laughs) (laughs) it's it's a classic Forrest Gump line oh man I mean Mike for you I mean what what has been the most eye-opening part of this let me just go from again a hobbyist to where you guys are now there what what kind of shook you up and and surprised you the most uh
5: that people care what we have to say (laughs) Like, (laughs) like it's and it's and it's always weird that you you know people are listening right you you see download metrics and you so you can follow that you could see your podcast moving around in the charts and like that's that's really exciting but it's still us i mean when we started it was just the three of us now we are uh we got a great team that we've expanded upon but even with with the two producers back there it's just the five of us that's who hears the podcast to me and, and then you actually you find out people tweet you uh, something that I forgot I said, and you know, just a throwaway line. You're like, oh yeah, I guess there's like actual humans what? out there who are consuming the content, and it's not just us idiots shouting at each other in a in a warehouse.
6: I, w- I would say if there was like a second point where the realization hit, it would have been like when we did our first live show. Yeah, mm-hmm. because even though you know you have you know hundreds of thousands of people listening, somehow being in a room with like. 300 fanatical fantasy football fans for our first live show. Like these guys both teared up. If you go
7: back and watch that first Minnesota live show that the, the, the intro music's going, the crowd is screaming and they don't stop for too long. And I am like, keep it together (laughs) here. I'm just like, it took me a good 30 seconds to just make sure I wasn't crying to start that show.
4: Yeah. Uh, Yeah. I think that's, that is kind of the amazing part is I think putting the, the real life faces, uh, to the numbers of that. Um, Mm -hmm. yeah, I think that that is, I I know that you kind of on our end too, just, you know, when you you sort of meet the people out there, it does kind of put a whole new spin to the whole thing.
6: And they, and they, they build, you know, with podcasting specifically, a lot of routines are built around when people listen too. So you start to learn that you've been like in the car with people. I'm sure you guys have heard this where, you know, they've listened to you every day on their commute for two years. So they Mm -hmm. know you very, very well. And then all of a sudden you meet them in person and they know all these things about you and you have a relationship. You didn't know almost a one-on-one relationship. You didn't know you had.
4: Yeah, it it is. It's, it's kind of cool. It's a little bit, I would say it's, it's sort of disarming, but it's very cool. Um, I'm going to, you guys have probably experienced this too, right? I always go back to the first time you talk about learning people are listening. The first time we ever did a listener league, um, and, and drafting with people who listened to the show and who know all your takes and who know the players you like <laughs> uh, and watching our heads spin as guys that we thought we could wait a round or two on that we thought were sleepers, we're getting snatched up because we're drafting with people who know everything we think. Uh, that, was, that, was, <laughs> that was still a shocker for me. People um, do
5: that in, in our listener leagues like because we, we have a, a, huge, a huge chat going. People intentionally... Do that. It, it's not like, <laughs> it, and it's not. Oh, uh, someone's name popped off the list. It's it's up. Oh, gotcha. I see Mike's up in ten picks. Enjoy <laughs> this, Antonio Gibson, in the fourth round.
4: Oh, man. Yeah, it's 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 hilarious. It's frustrating from a just a competitive standpoint, but it is very cool to know that people are actually sort of taking your words to heart a little bit. I I mean, speaking of which, though, I mean, Andy, for for people who are trying to maybe build something from the ground up, because I feel like we've seen a lot of it, especially in the last year with the pandemic. A lot of people really kind of turning their attention to this. Uh, What sort of advice could you give people who are, you know, just kind of starting this out and looking to build something big?
6: Yeah, it's a great question, and and we've gotten that a lot over the years. And I go back to a a kind of singular answer that I think is crucial, which is just having, like, being yourself and having your own voice and not trying to mimic or impersonate somebody else that you see in the industry. Everyone has kind of, uh, I guess, role models or people that, you know, like Dan Patrick would be one for me where it's like you see what he did and the way he does it, and and you admire that. But we didn't start this podcast saying, hey, I'm going to be – Uh, Dan Patrick or Matthew Berry or or anybody that already was in the space, I think if you're true to yourself, then people connect to the authentic part of you Mm -hmm. and that's the connection building. Like you can't connect with somebody that's being inauthentic. So um, that's kind of the biggest advice I give to anybody is that if you're true to who you are, personality wise, whatever kind of niche might be your specialty in the space that's your best odds. Cause it's competitive, right? There's a mm-hmm. lot of people that want to do what we do, um, and break into the space. But I, I think that's the only way you can succeed.
4: No, I would, I would completely agree. And I think, I think that's sort of the baseline. I know when I, when I've asked other people, um, that tends to be the response. And I think that is probably the truest way to do it, especially as you mentioned, in a space that has become, uh, hyper competitive, uh, especially in the last, uh, five years, especially the last year yep, or so. So definitely. Um definitely. Uh all right. So we, you know, let's talk some some football, some fantasy football, because that's what the people came for. Um start with the news that that came down just a few hours before we started recording this podcast. Um, Cam Akers, uh from the Los Angeles Rams, suffered a torn Achilles while he was training. He is going to miss the season. Um this is one of my least favorite parts of this job is sort of having to you know, talk about kind of what comes next uh, after a guy suffers a, a major injury. Alas, it is part of the job. It's what we do. Um, I mean, Jason, it, as you sit here and you look at this now, what do the Rams do next? I mean, do they just turn to Daryl Henderson full time? Do you think they make a move? What what happens in that that L.A. backfield?
7: I know that Adam Schefter recently said they're not looking at the veteran marketplace, and I I don't fully believe that. Um, mm. I don't. They have a lot of bodies there, but I don't think they have good enough bodies. Daryl Henderson does become the next man up. He had that opportunity for a couple games last year, and he was a low-end RB1 during that stretch. He's going to be the guy. I think they bring someone else in. Maybe it's via the trade market, um, not the free agent veteran market, but... Um, Otherwise, Xavier Jones is a name that's being popped up right now on a lot of dynasty leagues of an undrafted rookie from last year that Aaron Donald liked, but I I, I believe it's the Daryl Henderson show and he's going to be, you know, to me, a top 20 running back. I had Cam Akers as my running back six. I was extremely in. in on Cam Akers. <laughs> so I was devastated this morning to to hear the news, especially because of this specific injury. Um, Achilles very difficult to come back from. This could be a yeah. career ender for him, not just uh, a, a delay in the breakout. So uh, for now, I think it's Daryl Henderson. And I think he'll succeed for the most part with that job. But. Um, The only other thing I'd add to that is the way that I statted the teams out when I looked at making my changes. I think this is an uptick slightly for Matthew Stafford and Mm -hmm. for the receiving game for Tyler Higby. I think they're going to throw the ball a little bit more because I expect Sean McVay to go to where their strengths are in personnel and and they're weaker now at at running back, and that'll force their hand to uh, throw the ball a little bit more.
4: You know, people like, like to speculate because it's, you know, it's what social media does. I mean, Mike, I've seen, uh, you know, a Todd Gurley reunion speculated yeah. about a, a Adrian Peterson, Le'Veon Bell. Uh, I mean, any of those names do anything for you if they come back to Los or come to Los Angeles? What about, what I mean, about Frank do. Gore?
5: Yeah, your Frank <laughs> Gore is out there. I mean, there. we
4: need Frank Gore because Frank Gore, Frank Gore has to stay in the NFL long enough for his son to be in the NFL. So Absolutely. I'm OK with that.
5: <laughs> yeah, we're all for that. And any of those names listed, yes, they do uh, excite me for Daryl Henderson to really have uh, like to have the lock in. That's, I mean, that's basically the watch that we are on right now. I'm, I'm with Jason. I, I don't believe you aren't looking at the market right now when your your backups are undrafted players and seventh round players. You, you need to make sure you have someone behind Henderson, as like he has struggled to stay on the field himself you need to have some depth at the position so we're on the watch what level of backup comes in if it's one of those names you were talking about then yeah that's that's no problem but the rams and mcveigh they're they're crazy people over there man they will (laughs) they will throw their draft capital at anything so yeah, Go get James Robinson. So James <laughs> Robinson, Kareem Hunt. I mean, like there are names out there that would not surprise you in the least if they end up on the Rams. And if they do, that creates a messy situation. That's not what I'm going to project. I think one of the the guys on the street will end up backing up, Daryl Henderson, and and he's going to be very exciting. He'll he will skyrocket to Probably the third round in, in fantasy drafts.
4: Yeah, so gonna, I, mean, I was going to ask you that, Andy. I mean, obviously we're not drafting Daryl Henderson the way we were drafting Cam Akers, um, but third round, I mean, does that feel right to you?
6: Yeah, I think it'll depend a little bit on what training camp looks like in his health and what people are seeing at the rest of the depth chart in, in Los Angeles. So I my initial first pass at going through these numbers and projecting this out, he's in the, you know... Back end RB two range for me. I'm not overly ambitious yet, um, but yeah, I mean, I think that the the drumbeat's going to get louder and louder into the season, um, just with the excitement on this offense and with what people expected from Cam Akers. And and like Jason said, Henderson's had some success. He just needs to stay healthy.
4: Yeah, that's that's going to be the big key there. So interesting to watch, uh, you know, best wishes to Cam Akers for a, a speedy no and, and hopefully a full recovery. So look forward to seeing it because what he did at the end of last year was a lot of fun to watch. So definitely, yes. uh, you know, best wishes to him in, in trying to get better. You go into your shower feeling tired,
0: but as soon as you reach for the Irish spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses.
1: Offer valid on select AK Systems sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details.
3: Live Nation presents Concert Week. Now through May 14th, get $25 tickets to over 5,000 shows. That's up to 75% off a summer full of your favorite artists like 21 Savage, Alanis Morissette, Cage the Elephant, Celeste Barber, Dirks Bentley, Fade, Hootie and the Blowfish, Janet Jackson, Kids, Bop Kids, Megan Trainor, Bissell Pluma, Sarah McLaughlin. Get tickets to more than 5,000 summer shows for just $25. Until now through May 14th. Visit LiveNation.com concertweek to learn more and plan your summer with Sean Paul, Sum 41, 30 Seconds from Mars. Oh, and Two Door Cinema Club.
9: Tired of restless nights? Meet Lisa, the sleep experts. <sighs> Here at Lisa, we know that good sleep is essential for mental, physical, and emotional health. That's why their mattresses are made for exceptional comfort and support, catering to every sleep need. Don't spend another night dreaming of better sleep. For a limited time, save up to $700 off select mattresses plus two free pillows. Go to lisa.com forward slash iHeart for an additional $50 off mattresses and select goods. That's l-e-e-s-a.com forward slash iHeart. Exclusions apply. See lisa.com for more details.
4: Um, Speaking of getting healthy, Saquon Barkley is still working, and Mike, he has not been very clear about when he's going to be able to practice back on the field. How worried should we be about Saquon's situation?
5: I, I think you should be at least hesitant. Uh, There's a lot of, uh, you know, speaking of like a, a position that has popped up recently, injury docs on Twitter (laughs) and and like, and, and there's, there's some rough things, but there is actually really good advice out there. Uh, we have our own guy. His name's Matthew Betts. He's uh, at the Fantasy PTs. shout out to him, doing incredible work with us uh, uh, for the show and inside of our Ultimate Draft Kit. But he talked about Saquon and that there should be at least a little bit of hesitancy when you have, especially when you have a player like the player, the the one who is supposed to be the most optimistic about his return. Don't, no <laughs> doubt, I'll be back week one. I'm gonna dominate. This guy's like. Ah! I don't know what's going on right now and, and on top of that the work will be there but I mean with with that with the Giants offense with the that offensive line with the small sample at least that we've seen of Daniel Jones not targeting him the way that we got used to Eli Manning throwing checkdowns to uh, to Saquon Barkley should he just automatically be locked into a top 5 draft pick this year and I lean that he should not
4: I mean, I was very much about having him as a top two or three guy. This has sort of changed my mind about it. Um, I mean, but Jason, if he's not there, if he's not ready to go, is this is this better news for Daniel Jones and his cadre of pass catchers? Is there somebody else in that backfield that, you know, is worth taking a shot at right now?
7: No, there's definitely no one else in the backfield worth taking a shot at, <laughs> and this is bad news for the Giants. I, I think he will be ready for week one, but he's not gonna be at 100% Saquon, Uh, the timeline that we already knew about, because this was ACL, this was MCL and meniscus. He had to wait until October 30th to get the surgery, even though the injury was early last year. So the timeline we already knew was going to be tight. It was going to be tight. We Mm. already knew that. So this is kind of like it's new information because it's fresh But we just have to remind ourselves, we expected him to be there week one, but not very soon before that. And it will probably be halfway through the season before he's at peak uh, Saquon strength. So he's more of a trade target versus someone that I'm spending that third pick overall, Um, you know, and, and in the meantime, while he's gone. I just don't think that helps anyone fantasy-wise. Kenny Galladay is going to have fewer touchdown opportunities if the ball's not moving well. Daniel Jones will have less of the Drew Brees padded stats of just checking it down (laughs) to a phenomenal running back. So, uh, no, it's, it's just bad news if he's not out there, but I do think he'll be out there week one.
4: The the positive for me is that I have terrible draft position luck, so I'm never really in position to get Saquon. <laughs> so that issue has generally been taken out of my hands. I haven't had to worry about that so much. Um more running back stuff. Uh, I guess what so Saquon the other day, I don't know if you saw, he he announced his re-entry, I guess, into the quad squad. But yes. AJ AJ Dillon, uh, you know, he, he announced himself with authority last year and sort of re this year. Uh, I don't know if the Packers saw that, but they have said they want to lean on A.J. Dillon more. Um, Maybe they are just impressed that he doesn't skip leg day, Andy. But my question is, why don't they want Aaron Jones to be great?
6: Well, I I think we've seen – I think they want Aaron Jones to be great, but it's the same way that the Saints want Alvin Kamara to be great. Mm -hmm. You've always needed another back, and um, we just – we just don't get very many of the Christian McCaffrey every snap situations in the NFL anymore. And mm-hmm. Aaron Jones is so hyper-efficient and effective in what he does that, um, you know, we, we if you're an Aaron Jones fan, you want him to get every snap and get the ball on every play. And that's just not the NFL. And, and Dylan is a, uh, a viable uh, bruiser that will give Aaron Jones the ability to, to, you know, we might be happy, right? Like you don't, you can never prove what you don't get to see, but the efficiency would go down if Aaron Jones was out there on every single play all the time, mm. and uh, you know, it's the it's the
5: Latavius Murray to the Alvin Kamara to me, and it hasn't hurt Aaron Jones <laughs> thus far. Like Jamal Williams was, uh, was still involved, where very involved, where you mm-hmm. have the trade off of. If at least what you would think and project, not that A.J. Dillon is is really a slouch when it comes to catching the ball. He's actually better than people realize, especially for a man of his stature. But if you're going to swing some of the work, you're going to swing more of the receptions to Aaron Jones. I mean, you saw Jamal out there frequently on like the two minute drill or on passing downs and taking over that. If more of that goes to Aaron Jones, for fantasy, that's, that's a boost. Go ahead. Take away three or four carries from Aaron Jones uh, per week. You're going to give him two more targets. Uh, I'm not, I'm not changing anything about how I feel about Aaron Jones
4: after this latest uh, AJ Dillon stuff,
6: far more concerned about the uh, status of Aaron Rodgers than the status of AJ
4: Dillon. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's the big one. And I think Andy, you made an interesting point too, about the efficiency potentially going down. It is, uh, I guess what I call the Lamar Miller conundrum um, for sure. it, in yes. that all, all those years we begged and I was certainly among them, the people who begged for Lamar Miller to get more work and to <laughs> so, either work, you know, and he, he gets, and you through, can't you know, just
6: put those stats out there with the, <laughs> the big workload. Yeah.
4: You know, exactly. He gets somewhere else and he gets that work and he's still just oatmeal. Right. Like he's just fine. <laughs> um, you know, and I'm like, all right, well, okay. So maybe I was wrong on that one. So maybe, maybe, maybe I should be careful what I wish for, for, uh, for Aaron Jones. That's just, hard. Yeah. Don't, don't leave, you know, just leave well enough alone. Everything's fine. Maybe we shouldn't, we shouldn't push too hard on that one. Um, I had some questions I've been going through and and going by position and kind of asking my guests about some question marks I have at certain positions. You guys draw the, uh, the short straw and you get tight ends because, you know. Sorry. Perfect. <laughs> Sorry.
6: We'd go with uh, Kelsey. Travis <laughs> Kelsey is our so a, recommendation. So Formal. where going you
4: fall on the Kelsey versus Kels? Because that, that blew my mind. When he oh, had, his I,
7: mom already shut it down. Yeah, he was trolling. He was just trolling everybody.
6: Good. <laughs> I mean, I wasn't, was good even I was if he changing. wasn't, I was not willing to make a change.
4: <laughs> I, I, was going going to, I
6: was going to stick with the uh, lifetime Kelsey.
4: Right. We have been here for a while now. It's too late to go back at this point. That's right. Statue of <laughs> limitations. Um, Alright, so... Let's start, though, Mike, let's start with with Kyle Pitts. Uh, you know, the it's like it's almost like if you looked at his birth certificate, his middle name on there says unicorn because that's how everybody refers to him. Yes. Um, I have seen he has already bumped up to the tight end four uh, after your big three. There is. Are you comfortable with that? Or are we overdrafting him?
5: Uh, I, I'm I'm okay with it. Uh, I do not have him at four. Uh, I you know I, I would take Mark. I Andrews. do. I do have you him, do him at four. four? I do. Okay. So I, I would still take Mark Andrews. Um, the the difficult two guys for me would be the the potential breakout for T.J. Hawkinson, which Jason is is all aboard that. I'm still hesitant, and Dallas Goddard, who I think is about to have just an absolute smash season. So do you take a Unknown player that you, when you see them on the field and you know that when they have opportunity, they will be great. Or do you just project moving forward that this, this absolute monster of a man with athletic profiling that we just, you don't see, like he's, he's Vernon Davis. Like we are, we're back baby. And His metrics are illegal. Yes, not, he yes. can be arra-
6: he could be arrested right now. Like when you
5: go and you look, watching the, the athletic measurables, not safe for work. No. When it comes to Kyle Pitts. <laughs> no. And not only that, where you get excited for some first round tight ends, the situation couldn't possibly be better for Kyle Pitts. He goes to, uh, a, the yardage king, Matt Ryan. The they just lost their superstar number one wide receiver, but they have another one in, in waiting in the wings. So it's not just Kyle Pitts. You have Calvin Ridley who's going to be fantastic. And you can't just the defense can't can't just settle and cover Kyle Pitts. So I've, when I've, it comes to four, just to, to to get back to the question, perfectly fine with it because tight end is all about drafting upside. Kyle Pitts can finish as a top three tight end for fantasy football. But uh, what is you? It's and so it comes down to the opportunity cost. Where is he going in EAP? Uh, I'll just chime in real quick because I disagree completely. With <laughs> I,
7: I don't, I don't, I don't disagree with most of what's been said. The situation is perfect. His athletic measurables are outstanding, and he will be a talented player. I think we are way overdrafting him right now because what we're doing is we're just saying we hope that somehow rookie season he ends up becoming a George Kittle or a Travis Kelsey or some really difference making tight end. That's not happening as rookie year. I would be blown away if that happens uh if he has the best rookie wide receiver season since 2000 he would he would basically be last year's logan thomas which is not what you're wanting in the fifth round he basically has to have the best the best tight end uh rookie season of all time just to meet where he's being drafted the players i'm taking over kyle pitts aren't tight ends because of where he's going in a draft I'm taking Deontay Johnson and Tyler Lockett and Cooper Cup and known commodities at wide receiver versus the hope that he does something that has never been done before. And and if you've got to make, you know, probability shots of who could do it, well, sure. He's very talented. But I think I think people are drinking too much Kool-Aid, too much pitch-flavored well,
6: Kool-Aid. Just to to complete the trifecta here, this is where I yesterday on the show, I've I've made complete peace. With saying, I believe Kyle Pitts will have the greatest rookie season of a tight end ever. Like Jason's not wrong metric-wise, but that, <laughs> but but I'm moving beyond that and saying I think Kyle Pitts will have the best rookie season ever. He's the highest drafted tight end ever. He's going to the all the arguments that Mike made, uh, including a long history of Matt Ryan turning tight ends sure. into gold. Whether it was his time with Tony Gonzalez, we were excited or for Hayden Hurst. Yeah. yeah. So so I am I'm formally saying that yes, I'd be drafting him in the fifth round. To be a league winning player for my team. Now, if you do not believe that that probability is sufficient, then do exactly what Jason says. It is your you have to make that decision on him. A league winning tight end in the fifth round is worth more than Deontay Johnson. Period. Yeah. Agreed. But if he doesn't do it, then you're you're more vulnerable to, you know, obviously having a weakness on your on your roster. So that I mean, I don't have him above Kittle. I don't have him above um yeah, uh, Waller or Kelsey, but I have them at four.
4: I so I I haven't taken shots because I have been of the persuasion that I'm going to take that early shot on Kelsey or Waller or Kittle yes. and just sort of take the headache away from myself. But I'm if I'm following your your logic, Andy, here, because it's it it it's like one of those motivational posters, right? Like if you shoot for the moon and you come up short, you reach the stars, you're still fine, right? I mean, is that sort of kind of how you're looking at that?
6: Yeah, I, I think so. And I think you have a, I think you do have a pretty high rookie floor for Kyle Pitts. So I don't think you're going to like, he's going to be your starting tight end mm-hmm. in the fifth round, no matter what, like you're not going to be pivoting away from him. You do have the whatever percentage chance, 2%, 50% of, of being a difference making <laughs> tight end. But I think you have solved the tight end position in the fifth round.
4: All right. That's fair. I mean, like I said, I, I think he's going to be great. I, had a feeling he was going to you know shoot up in ADP, and especially once Julio left, it just seemed sort of inevitable. no doubt. um, so you know, i'm I'm curious to see how high it gets if he if he even goes knocking on the door of number three because I wouldn't be surprised that that would folks.
6: be a problem for me at that point, I think I think yeah.
4: so too, but I wouldn't be surprised if somebody out there does that because yeah. you know it's just bound to happen. It's going um, to be a
6: fun narrative throughout the year for our yes. show in in particular because um, you know, maybe the the historical stats are on Jason's side here. But um, if I am somehow right, I will be ending you. Jason (laughs) will never do the end of it, ever.
0: So it'll be Um, fun. You go into your shower feeling tired, but as soon as you reach for the Irish spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want,
1: Offer valid on select AK System sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details.
3: Live Nation presents Concert Week. Now through May 14th, get $25 tickets to over 5,000 shows. That's up to 75% off a summer full of your favorite artists like 21 Savage, Alanis Morissette, Cage the Elephant, Celeste Barber, Dirk Spentley, Fade, Hootie and the Blowfish, Janet Jackson, Kids, Bob Kids, Megan Trainer, Bissell Pluma, Sarah McLaughlin. Get tickets to more than 5,000 summer shows for just $25. Until now through May 14th. Visit LiveNation.com concertweek to learn more and plan your summer with Sean Paul, Sum 41, 30 Seconds to Mars, oh, and Two Door Cinema Club.
5: What's up? I'm John Wall. And
3: I'm CJ Toledano, and we're starting
8: a new podcast presented by DraftKings called Point Game. We're now joined by three-time NBA six Man of the Year,
9: Don't spend another night dreaming of better sleep. For a limited time, save up to $700 off select mattresses plus two free pillows. Go to lisa.com forward slash iHeart for an additional $50 off mattresses and select goods. That's dot acom forward slash iHeart. Exclusions apply. See lisa.com for more details.
4: All right, well, Jason, I'm going to let you sort of stand your ground here on TJ Hawkinson because I have wavered on him. I was really excited about him early. I have sort of... Uh, you know, been a little more hesitant recently. So explain to me why I should be, you know, all in on on TJ Hawkinson.
7: Well, so I I think TJ Hawkinson. I've got him as my tight end four. Um, and and th- there needs context there. Here's why he's my tight end four, and here's why I think he's going to be good. He is easily the best pass catcher there. The t- Tyrell Williams, Rashad Perriman, they are they are not anything special this is a team that needs a guy to come in and have a large target market share and if you look back at you know basically every single year in the best tight ends they are one of you know usually two targets you got Kelsey and you got you know Tyreek you've got Mark Andrews who even in a small pie was great because he had so much of it there there weren't other options Jared Goff we know has has had success throwing to tight end he's not he's not great but he's not a you know he's not you know Sam Darnold going to the Carolina Panthers and we're like man I don't even know if he can uh, throw a three percent touchdown rate so the opportunity is there the talent he was you know he was drafted high for a reason in the NFL draft and he's shown well he's 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 uh outside of a couple of drops he's had a good career for the first few years of a tight end so that's why I think he's the tight end for this year but that doesn't mean that I'm drafting him like I I don't see him as a true difference maker the way that those elites those top three are and the way that I approach fantasy is I'm usually grabbing one of those top three or punting and going super late with a Tyler Higby because of the opportunity cost I think the tight end four is not worth a, a second wide receiver on my team so look,
6: genuinely, I want to ask him a question, if you don't mind. I'm just sure. take taking over, Mark. Sure. Taking over, Mark. Please, no, go for <laughs> it.
7: I'm the captain now. Just, be, just
6: because <laughs> I know that uh, our most current ADP, Hawkinson and Pitts are going directly back-to-back in the fifth round. So if if you are forced, because I know what you're saying. Yes. If you're forced to take a tight end there, are you taking Hawkinson for your team? Or are you taking Pitts because of the uh, – do you view him as having a higher ceiling?
7: I do not. Not rookie year. In general, for career, definitely. If this is a dynasty league, it's not even close. But I would take Hawkinson over Pitts if I had to take one in that. Where are they right now? The fifth round.
6: All right, back to you, Marcus.
4: (laughs) All right, cool. Uh, Thanks. Uh, But but you. So so that brings about to another question that I just sort of had. I put this out to you guys in general. In a dynasty league, a dynasty startup, is it nuts to to take uh, Kyle Pitts as the number one overall pick? Startup.
6: Startup. I think that's. Okay, let's say, let's say a dynasty rookie
4: draft. Maybe not a starter, but a okay, rookie okay, draft. Okay, okay, okay. I'd say rookie draft.
6: I don't think it's nuts if you view, like there's there's been a lot of variability in those top few picks in terms of success rate. I mean, we saw Nikhil Harry going off the board, number one. Um, you have Corey Davis's recent history. Uh, so I don't think it's nuts because I think if you look at the the landscape of rookies, longevity, and say, who do I, kn- who do I believe is going to have a successful NFL career? I think it'd be hard... To not say that Kyle Pitts is at the top of that list,
7: as the resident um, sane person on Kyle Pitts here, <laughs> um, I would also agree with that. I, I would say that there's is not insane to you know, and I've and I've changed on on that uh, as the, the as time has gone on from the NFL draft, he, he has every bit a chance to be a more successful uh, NFL player over the next five years as Najee Harris, as uh, Jamar Chase. So I, th- I think he is in the mix and it's not crazy if you wanted to make him the best rookie this year.
4: All right. Uh cool. I was just I'm just taking a poll, an unofficial poll on that one. Um Irv Smith, the hashtag let Irv swerve started to circulate at the <laughs> oh, end no. of last year. Wait, uh, I am,
5: wait, what are you talking, who's circulating that? Well, you
4: haven't seen, you never saw the oh. let, let Irv swerve hashtag. Oh yeah, man. It's, Just cause uh, it rhymes
7: don't mean it's not good.
4: <laughs> <laughs> um, so, I mean, but okay. I mean, Jason said he would, you know, he prefers to wait. If he doesn't get one of the big guys early, he will wait until later. Uh, I think Irv Smith sort of fits in that. I mean, Mike, do you think that you know now with, with Kyle Rudolph elsewhere, that this is the chance for Irv Smith to be a thing in fantasy?
5: I mean, he certainly has a chance. Uh, I had to watch championship week as uh, multiple times. The Minnesota Vikings were lined up on the goal line and I needed my sweet, sweet Prince Dalvin cook to get a real easy <laughs> touchdown only to see it turn into a play action, fake and freaking earth Smith <laughs> catching every <laughs> single touchdown they scored that week. Uh, it, he has the chance but he's not the late round. He's not the type of late round target or uh, tight end that I target mm-hmm. because he can't rise to be the number two option in the passing game. With uh, with ju- the emergence of Justin Jefferson, Adam Thielen's still there. Who I'm I'm nervous personally about Adam Thielen being a uh, losing tier, yeah. losing a step, but he's still going to be the number two option in the passing game. And then Dalvin Cook working himself in there. Irv Irv is going to top out at like four maybe five if, if you got five targets a game for irv smith this year i think you should be really really happy but i don't think that turns into difference making production he's absolutely in play uh week to week on a on a streaming basis if you see a, a great matchup for him but he's not the late round tight and tight end that i'm going to target
4: all right uh that's fair i i yeah. I don't think I've gotten my issue with the Vikings passing game is generally that it is tend to be focused through two guys. Uh, yes. As long as Kirk Cousins has been there. I mean, at first it was Thielen and Stefan Diggs. Now it's Thielen and Justin Jefferson. And it just doesn't leave, I think, a lot of room for anybody yep. else. But I sense the excitement. Maybe it's because we're always just trying to, you know, we're we're thirsty for tight ends. Wait, I didn't draft. know
6: swerve. I didn't know swerving was like a good thing. Right, like that's a yeah. I you didn't swerve
4: know you- to dodge something. I mean, yeah. you dodge trouble, right? Like you're okay. swerving out of trouble. So. This is dodging the football <laughs> in the end zone is gonna be a problem. Able to
5: drive a straight line. And this is a
6: bad problem. <laughs> this is it's not he always. You can not run go routes. He you know. can run a go.
5: And it was on top of that, like looking at last year, Kirk Cousins had himself an outlier year, at least for his Minnesota Vikings, uh, stats of putting up 35 passing touchdowns. He threw, he was throwing a touchdown on 6.8% of his attempts where like before that it was 30 touchdowns, 26. So it was even with that, it wasn't turning into tight end production for that team.
6: I think it's like, uh, when Kyle Rudolph had a couple of relevant years finishing inside the top 10, it was, you know, seven or eight and it was on seven or eight touchdowns. It was not high volume. So Um, be interesting to see what happens. Let him yeah. swerve. Let him swerve.
4: Let him swerve. Let Irv swerve. I, I guarantee you're going to see it at some point this year. Uh, Andy, last one here. Does Zach Ertz have to leave Philly in order to stay relevant in fantasy? Uh,
6: Zach Ertz needs the DeLorean to stay relevant in fantasy. He needs a time machine. Um, I don't think at this point he's going someplace to be a focal point in the offense. I think the, that ship has sailed and that's what you would need, I think, to uh, to have any excitement. So can he go help? He might go and help an NFL team genuinely more than he helps a fantasy team where he can go and and, uh you know, be a possession late career Jason Witten, but give you late career Jason Witten fantasy numbers.
4: Hey, a couple years ago, Jason Witten was like the tight end, what, 10 or 11? And all he did was yep. catch the ball and fall down. That's that so, like, exactly
6: know, the model that he will be imitating. Yeah.
4: Yeah. Uh, I mean, look, <laughs> who knows? Maybe there's a reunion, a, a Carson Wentz. Frank Reich, Zach Ertz that reunion in Indianapolis. That could happen, that right? That could happen. Yeah, I, yeah. I, would,
5: I boo that though because I need Mo Ali Cox to be awesome. <laughs> <laughs> for,
4: for for what reason?
5: Because I love Mo. There you go. He's I, janky, love I love uh, really uh, uh, I love We Mo well, our our journey with Mo Ali Cox began a couple years ago. I, I had no idea who he was, but we're watching all the games and it was who, who is this man and how is he three feet bigger than everybody else on the football field? And then you just, you, you follow his career and watching him catch the ball, it's it, it it's like the size of a pea. It's a it, itty it bitty nerf giant, ball. It's a keychain football. Like, it has <laughs>
6: become lore now in this studio too. He has gotten bigger yes. by the day He's in our mind. Seven minds. foot eight,
5: three hundred and eighty
6: two <laughs> pounds.
5: We refer yeah. to him as Gigantor. And if we're coming up with with uh just fun rhymes like what, uh, let Cox rocks. Oh,
6: oh there uh, go. yeah. I mean,
4: we'll work.
5: PR issues, but <laughs> <laughs>
4: you, you know what? Connect with the people who came up with Haboob and they'll, they'll work out. <laughs> That's right. Okay, Cox, All right. It know. was the same, you know, they'd green light it. <laughs> <laughs> uh, all right. Uh, I was always, I like, I like to finish off the show with just some, some fun, random kind of rapid fire questions. Uh, we'll go around the horn here. Uh, if with the Olympics starting very, very soon, which Olympic event uh, would you guys choose to compete in?
6: Oh, man. Ooh. I feel
4: like it would be curling
6: because. Oh, man. We would well, dominate. You yeah. choose a summer Olympic sport here. <sighs> they don't curl in the summer. It's kind of rough uh, to curl in the summer. Man. Is
7: there foosball?
6: I, is, do, do they? Is that I a don't summer? think foosball. I, I'm going to go swimming. I'm I'm long
5: and lanky. That's got to be the one I go. Yeah, for. I, yeah. If you uh, you know, like actually worked out, you could maybe have a swimmer's Thank body.
4: You. Thank you. <laughs> Uh, no no takers for like team handball or something like that. I don't know. Wait,
5: that's a thing? Yeah, it's, man. I apparently, is, I need is, to read up on the Olympics.
6: Is sumo wrestling a summer sport? <laughs> oh. <laughs> I think that's, oh, I think that's winter.
5: There's a lot of blubber.
8: To, it
4: <laughs> <more>. <laughs> oh, okay. Uh, you guys also do your spitballers podcast. I know you do a lot of your comedy and pop culture stuff. Uh, if you guys have a favorite guilty pleasure movie, what would it be? Ooh. I feel I, like it's all musicals for me.
6: Like, even if it's a childlike musical, I'd be like down
7: to watch. It's funny that you say that, because my answer is similar in that it's a genre. It's horrible end of the world movies.
5: Oh, yeah. Uh, I'm in
7: on that. I I mean, I just I don't care if they're good. Just blow up some landmarks (laughs) and have something come from outer space. And and, and the acting can be poor. The, the plot holes, no problem. You are why those get made. Oh, yeah. I, I've been
6: wondering for years.
5: I'm in on that. Uh, mine would be, uh, look, he keeps making movies. I don't know that he's had a, well, I guess uncut gems. People really like that. But I, Guilty as Charged, I watch all the Adam Sandler movies. <laughs> no matter they're, what. They're they're dumb. You don't laugh out loud, but you get a, little, a lot of, hmm.
4: But, like just, you know, one, but I, I like them. They also have lines that, you know, you can sort of throw in into everyday conversation. I mean, they might not always be appropriate, but, you know, you can kind of throw them in. Um, The other thing is, I felt like Uncut Gems was the movie that, what would have happened to any other Adam Sandler character if they had to face real life consequences? <laughs> <laughs> right? If it you got know?
6: serious. Yeah.
4: Right. You know, like happy Gilmore and Billy Madden never had to face actual real life consequences, but you know, like uncut gems, it would have been probably what would have happened to one what of a characters. fight with Bob
5: Barker's not realistic. <laughs> <laughs> Price
4: is wrong. Um, <laughs> uh, last one, which one of you is the most likely to star in his own reality TV show? The one who already thinks he's part of one.
7: Yeah. Uh, yeah. Uh,
5: I can, I can Kevin James, this thing. I can uh, Marcus uh, like legit. Jason has, and he'll make a joke about it, but there is a small percentage of Jason that really believes that he has his own Truman show thing going on right, right, now. right <laughs> Look, now. You are, you guys all know you you guys,
2: you guys well, are all all doing in it.
4: on
6: it.
5: Come on. All these
4: cameras. Oh man! Uh, Can't well, make the, me feel bad about the truth. <laughs> I mean, well, in that case, uh, you know, now that we're done, uh, good afternoon. If I don't see you later, uh, nah. good night. <laughs> uh, like thanks, um, fellows. I appreciate you guys coming on. It's been a fun conversation. I know most people listening to this show probably know where to find you, but yes, for the uninitiated out there, uh, you know, how can they they you know, tune into what you guys do?
6: Well, you can check us out on the web. Get connected to everything we're doing. com. So the draft kit and the podcast. And and five me- times a week is on its <sighs> way. Oh, boy. Woo, Two weeks. You know, from- I, I, as sad as the Cam Akers news was today, it almost feels like that is a... It's almost a benchmark of the off season. Mm-hmm. A very sad one. But it's like, yeah. oh, football's coming because your first major injury rocks the entire world. And uh, and we'll be here momentarily, five five shows a week, August through December. Take a deep breath, guys.
4: Yeah, yeah, it is. Uh, you're right. It is one of those uh, unfortunate mile markers yeah, as we get a little is. bit closer. And I think, you know, the the other unfortunate part is that uh, it probably won't be the last one. Yeah, um, no doubt. So too bad about that. But I uh, appreciate you guys coming on. It was fun. Uh, I look forward to kind of keeping up with you guys and seeing what you're doing. And I'm sure we will connect at some point, even if via social media uh, during the rest of the season. Man. Of Take course. care, guys.
6: Awesome. Always appreciate it. Appreciate cool.
4: It. Uh, as for us, that is it. We are done. We appreciate you hanging out with the NFL Fantasy Football Show. You know the drill tell two friends to tell two friends. Rate, review, and remember if you jog backwards, you run the risk of gaining weight. Be safe, take care of yourselves, get vaccinated, and we'll see you next week.